Hello and welcome to The Two Tones. Tony Moclair and Tony DeVolfo. Good morning. Oh, good morning. What am I saying? We, we exist in no time or space, do we? Because we're a podcast, Tony. That's true. Wild and free, Tony. Uh, greetings to you. Um, tough weekend at the office, fair to say. Uh, it certainly was. Um, we are, uh, well, uh, conducting something of a post-mortem on round five. This is episode six for anyone uh, keeping tabs. Matt Clapo, I've, got, I've just got to mention Matt Clapo there, Premiership player, 95 from WA. Yes, walked into Norton's on the Monday after the 95 grand final with a pair of shears, electric shears that he <laughs> confiscated from the barber shop three doors up yeah. and asked anyone if they wanted a free haircut. I put my hand up, Tone, and, and I, as I've often reminded him over the years, the best haircut I've ever had. You have a magnificent head of hair, it must be said. So it's a shock. He had a of lot hair. to work with. He had a lot to work with, and I was pre- I was more than happy to shed share some of my follicles with Mill Hannah on that particular Monday. Isn't yeah. that funny? I read pretty much every article you wrote about Carlton that year. Uh, I've still got a few, believe it or not. Careered away in the tipping that year at the Herald Sun. Oh. <laughs> uh, probably no surprise to anyone. Yeah. But, well, yeah. Tone, that was then. It's not now. Very true, Tony. Uh, life has changed and um, we, you know, we watch on, you know, through uh, squinting eyes at the uh, work in progress, don't we? But, but we're on the way. Uh, we're a youthful team uh, that is going to take time as has been so often um, put to us by the uh, the people in high places that should know. And if you listen to the, the, the good judges externally, um, you know, men like Paul Roos, yeah. they, they're all, you know, calling for patience amongst Carlton supporters yes. because it's not if but when it turns. And um, uh, we just have to um, be patient, Tony, don't we? Well, patience is thin on the ground. You can understand the, the frustration, in some cases the anger, but uh, the, yeah, certainly the frustration at the length of the rebuild, the number, we're in rebuild number three or whatever, whatever you, you want to term it. And I guess looking at the trajectory of this season, the JLT games were very promising. The, um, the Richmond game in, ground, in round one, there were a lot of great signs and uh, I certainly thought... If that's the team we're feeling, with that kind of much, that much heart, that much pressure, that much effort, you know, uh, we will tolerate a season of honourable losses. But that hasn't been the case since. But can I just reiterate what you're saying? It, you're almost having to talk a lot of Carlton supporters off the ledge this week, and and yeah, have to keep hammering that point. That, and you know, I'm going to go to one of the tweets that our producer Lucy uh, Lucy has put on the the. Uh, if you want to read it out, tone. By Barton Pakula. Now, he's not a man that I'd see eye to eye on a lot with, but he's uh, he uh, put out, a, a, I think, a really good tweet that, that is worth remembering for any Carlton supporters who are uh, attempting to tear up their membership cards. Good luck if you can. It's made from very hard plastic. Um, <laughs> But can you just read out Martin Pakula's tweet, please, Tony? You were aware of it, Tony, the, the Victorian Labor MP for Keysborough and the Attorney-General and the, uh, the Minister for Racing in the um, uh, Dan Andrews government, uh, a, a, an impassioned Carlton supporter, it has yeah. to be said, too. Uh, the voice of reason, Mark, too, after Chris Judd's article, I thought, about this topic this week. But Marty, uh, an answer to your question, Tone, uh, did put up an under-25 best Carlton football club team, which yep. I'd like to share with you. Uh, all credit to Martin here. From the backs, Plowman, McCready, Doherty. Halfbacks, Williamson, Vietering, yep. Marchbank. Centres, O'Brien, Cripps, Petrevsky, Seaton. 
Half forwards, Pickett, Kerno, Lang. Forwards, Fisher, McKay, Silvani. Could be Jack, could be Ben, who knows. Um, uh, Then you've got the Rucks to Conning, Kennedy, Dow, uh, with an interchange of Garlett, Cunningham, Kerr and Byrne. So uh, with Martin's closing quote after that team, it it will be okay. Uh, When you look at it, uh, in that respect, it's not a bad uh, list of names. Exactly. All that, all that list of names is telling me is we need games into our legs. Yep. When when that happens, that's going to be a. I mean, we've got the. We know we've got the makings of a pretty impressive goal to goal line. But if you look at those players around the spine, they're all uh, you know capable young players that have been brought in by the Carlton Football Club for the long haul. Yeah. And what we what if you just look at that team, you actually salivate because I I think that's a team that's probably going to stand firm uh, for many, many years. Um, that, you know, it is a work in progress, Tone. Let's, yeah. you know, remind ourselves and, you know, what is it, 42 players turned over in the past two years. Yeah. It, it's not a quick fix. It's it's uh, it's not um, a snap your fingers, uh, hey presto job. Um, it's it's fo- not simply just getting new players in. It's getting new, better players well, in. Well, that's very conditioning true. Conditioning them, um, getting them... Uh, developing them as players that can suit a role um, and sometimes play in any part of the ground or sometimes play in specific parts of the ground. Yes. And that does take time. There's also, and yes, and you can say it happens to every club and we know that it's a given, but Carlton's run of injuries uh, has just been... I, I would say unusually bad in 2018, Look, starting ha- with Doherty. Well, that wasn't great, was it? And then, you know, to lose Murphy in bizarre circumstances as with the case in Hobart at the weekend doesn't make it easy. Look, Tone, all teams um, fall victim to the dreaded injury curse. I, I suspect the problem is we perhaps don't right now have the depth to cover those yeah. uh, casualties. So that's where... Our, uh, our players are really being tested. Those that are, are left to pick up the slack, the young players, as we've, we've um, uh, pointed out. Um, so it's, it's hard yards at the moment, but it's all part of the learning curve. Um, you know, I'm sure players will gain so much from, you know, these seemingly torrid experiences. They are torrid, you know, let's not yeah. gild the lily. They're, they're tough yards that the, the, the players are, are taking here. But... In the long run, you, you have to hope that you know the resolve will be um, will be strong, and and you know with games under the belt, these plays are only going to get better. That's um, right, because we do make the point a lot, and I guess it's worth um, uh, making the point again. Younger players, there's a lot of players with under 50 games. Um, there's some on-field leaders who are currently off-field sidelined through injury, so th- that's a that's a factor as well. And uh, you, you know, in the midst of uh, uh, not a great game. Um, we had the debut of Lockie O'Brien. Yes. Uh, yep. Boy. So I'm very well, proud about that. And, uh, and I believe, Tone, uh, I stand corrected here, but I believe his parents had to fly down from Mildura to Melbourne and then get a connecting flight to Hobart to see their boy turn out for round one. And, and I think uh, Lockie might have told um, Julian Trentino in an interview post-match that um, his father used to ferry him everywhere to play footy. Uh, and you know, when you think of that, it's great that um, that young fellows' parents can share in that moment of you know game number one for the Carlton Football Club because 
you know, they're so central to the journey of that young player. Absolutely. And, uh, you wonder what might have been had Mr O'Brien Senior not had a car. You know, what, what, <laughs> what would Lockie have done with himself? Who knows? You, well, she, you're a Mildura boy. What yeah. would he have done? Oh, I don't, he wouldn't have used the bus service. It wasn't a terribly <laughs> good one when I was there. No. But he looked a likely tight tone, Lockie, it yes. has to be said. You know, the comment was made in the broadcast that I saw, um, well, he looks like he is meant to be there. He looks at home. He's not phased or flustered by the tempo of the game. And I think, you know, we've got a beauty there in Lockie O'Brien and um, he's got a few mates. Paddy Dow, he's got a connection to him? Yeah, well, I think they played uh, junior football together, if memory serves, um, and um, may have played uh, representative football, I I, I think, for for a period of time. Um, And I'm pretty sure Lockie was quoted as saying having Paddy Dow here... Uh, at a time when both of them have been recruited to the club together, big power club in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, it was fantastic for him to have someone um, like-minded to share the experience settling in. Yeah. And, well, he certainly seems to have done that, just on what, what I've seen anyway. Well, yeah, and again, that points to um, you know, an emerging talent and one that we would really love to see flower here at the club along with, uh, you know, uh, all of his contemporaries. I'm talking, you know, players in their early 20s there. Yes. So, uh, look, that's that's a big tick for Carlton recruitment. It, it, it is. And, uh, look, I think, you know, it, um, it's fair to say, you know, Brendan Bolton, you know, he's, he's uh, copying it from a fair few different sources at the moment, but he's holding firm, maintaining his revolve. And he said from the outset, uh, you know, we're all on the journey. And, yeah. Uh, is preaching unity, um, which has to prevail uh, when times are tough like this one. But that's okay. That's all part of the experience. And um, um, in bolts, we trust. Um, you know, we just have to give this group of players time. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, Brendan, um, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's a senior coach of the Carlton Football Club. He's had two years and a bit with this team. And he's moulding a team that uh, is going to be there for... Uh, long-term sustainability. So um, let's let's all get behind him, Carlton people. Uh, uh, now, on the radio show I host on Melbourne's own 3AW, uh, Australia Overnight from midnight, yeah. uh, five days a week, Monday to Friday, um, <laughs> I, I had a, I've had a number of callers and uh, what's been remarkable about that is um, certain supporters of, uh, of other clubs have loved to get on the radio and, and revel in Carlton's uh, current predicament. Yes. Other, play, uh, other supporters, however, of other clubs have been just as willing to get on and defend Carlton and one made the, the following point that, you know, uh, Brendan Bolton, when Alistair Clarkson suffered his illness, jumped into the driver's seat. Yes. What was Bolton's record then? Well, well, that's, that's, a, that's a point, isn't it? Yeah. You know, that's a fair point. Um, who made that call? Wasn't Toby from Newport, was it? Or? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure. No, but look, look, it's, look it, it, you're right what you're saying. There, there is, you know, there is um, the manic, you know, um, demographic out there, but there there are also voices of reason and people yeah. who understand the the big picture. And um, the one thing you cannot say about Carlton is that they, they, they don't know where they're heading. Um, there is a plan. Yeah. Um, they're adhering to it. Supporters, by and large, understand where where this uh, where it is going. And um, you know, as I said last week, you know, Milton said it, did he? That you know, good things come to those who wait. Yeah. We just have to be patient here. But this is a work in progress, and um, and we're progressing. How has it been, Tony? You spend more time at the club during the course of the week, but um, how has it been this week in the aftermath of the North game? Oh, look, look, I don't 
think that it was, you know, you can't you can't imagine it was hunky dory in the rooms after the match. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was an eighty-eight point hiding, and you know, you don't hide from those sorts of defeats. Um, Mind you, sorry, Tony, to interrupt. If I can just make the point, there were a couple of beltings over the course of the round. Well, well, there were, there were, and um, and, and it's a staggering stat, isn't it, that there's uh, after four rounds, I think it's the first time that there hasn't been an undefeated team ever yeah. in the history of the game, yeah. which tells you that it is evening up for sure. Although, if you look at where we're sitting in, in Brisbane also, um, you know, maybe right now we're a little bit off the pace, fair enough. Um, but, um, yeah, I, 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 I think that while, while the team and the coach wouldn't have been happy with that performance, um, uh, the game moves on pretty quickly and... Uh, now it's West Coast, the subject of our um, our um, observations and our energies and our focus uh, this weekend. And uh, the you know the the key here is Tony how how well the players can come back from from that drubbing in um, in Hobart. I'm going to get your uh, uh, your votes in a second, time, But I know we've brought this up before, and I'm, uh, apologies if it's a question without notice. But it's disposal and cuteness with the ball and, I guess, confidence of touch that is deserting Carlton at the moment. How do you remedy that in the, in the course of a week? And the, I, I know a, a lot of Carlton supporters would be saying that that is the thing that kills us. It's not the, uh, you know, 88 points, 98 points, whatever, but it, it's just the poor disposal. It's the, the apparent lack of skills, basic skills that footballers at the AFL level should possess. Look, I, I think it, probably a lot of it has to do with the fact that players are under pressure. Yeah. And I, I mean, yes, I know, I know what you're saying and I've seen, I, I'm as frustrated as anyone sitting there and watching a player unable to hit a target from 15, 20 metres away. Yeah. You wonder how can that be? But, I suppose in the heat of battle, you've got players that are under enormous pressure. Um, if you look at the sort of recent games, we seem to have been in the game for a, a, a period of, of time and then we seem to fall away dramatically. Yeah. It's as if the levels of concentration and the energies can't be sustained and that seems to be when these errors creep in. So um, I, I, I don't know what how to answer your question really uh, because the mistakes you see they they see simplistic and you would think you know work at it on the track you quickly rectify the problem these are yeah. players at the elite end who yeah. should be able to kick a footy and hit a target um, look you know maybe as I said because of the pressure applied maybe the difficulties the players are having came with that pressure means that you know some of the kicks and handballs are unfortunately errant. Um, Maybe again with time and, and um, uh, durability, as players come to terms with the pressures applied, um, they find a way, and, and we'll start to see more targets hit. Now that's that's what we hope, anyway, Tony. Well, um, yep. I don't know if I've answered that question. I've no, probably answered well, a roundabout way. No, you, you make a great politician, Tony Devolta. <laughs> um, you've three votes, if you can, yes. for the uh, the Carlton North Melbourne game in Hobart. Yeah. Uh, as you said, 86 points to uh, North, who are a team, can I just say, I would love to beat. Yes. Just, it's, been, it's been too long. Yes. And it's always good to beat uh, North Melbourne or Kangaroos, but look, yeah, it didn't happen true. this time. Congratulations to North. But the three votes, Tony. Three votes, Tony. Again, you know, it's a hard, hard exercise at the minute. But, um, you know, with Murphy's loss, I actually went for um, Dale Thomas. I, yeah. I thought... Just the experience in the old head there. 
um, showing a little bit of poise and presence. I thought Dale Thomas was pretty good. H- hasn't had a bad year, actually, for yeah. Carlton, it has to be said. Yeah. And I, I was impressed by the way he led the way for the for the team when you know, we were under siege. Two votes. Look, he's, he's had to pick up the slack with Bryce Gibbs gone and now Murph. Patrick Cripps... Um, you know, you see him now and he seems to have two blokes hanging off, off both arms yeah. and has to push forward, somehow try and take a catch, you know, pack mark and, and then slot a goal. He's, do, he's had to do it all at the moment. You've got to admire the way that he's uh, going about his business because um, he, he's leading the way and yeah, uh, he, is. he is leadership material. There's no doubt kid. about it. He's been so impressive. And three votes uh, to another one of our senior players, Tone, who, again, I think is travelling pretty well at the moment, um, Ed Kerno. Yes. I, I thought Ed, um, you know, gave it his all, as he always does, and um, just one of those unsung players that I think has been such a, a great servant to the Carlton Football Club, and we're lucky that we've got him in and around the contest because um, he uh, he's always front and centre with the, where the ball is, and... and um, yeah, long may continue. Is there any chance Mrs. Kernow is pregnant again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, question there. That is a question without notice. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll follow that up with uh, with Ed when I see. Him. It's like they're, they're like the Hemsworth of football. Is, is there, are there any other missing Kernows we don't know about? Well, well, we I, could, think, I think has Ed's <laughs> wife any under the cushions on the couch? I think Ed's wife's presented, hasn't she? Has I'm she? Pretty, I'm pretty sure. Um, um, just thinking off the top, uh, I think they've got a little one now. Um, so I, I can't speak for Ed's mother. I'll, I'll uh, defer right. that for another week. Okay. Let's fast track Junior if we could. Yeah. All right. Uh, round five against West Coast. Um, Tony DeBolfo, club historian. Can we just reflect on some of the absolute ding-dong tussles between Carlton and West Coast? Oh. I always remember... I know I've probably brought this up every time we play West Coast, but Greg Williams uh, over, it was probably Subiaco, I'm guessing. Was it 94 or 90? He just uh, played an outstanding game. Yes. Uh, well, that's not really saying much for Greg Williams, though, is it? It doesn't really narrow it down. True. But um, there have been some great tussles between West Coast and Carlton over the journey. I can remember that game, Tone, around about that time, you know, when, when Big Earl took out Guy McKenna with oh. that horrific shirt front. And the, the the game where, was it the late Chris Main Waring had a shot for goal from the boundary line yeah. late and I think, oh, did he miss the shot? I can recall... Yes, he cut and cut one by a point. Yeah. I think it was 93. Yeah, I can recall Dean Rice um, bobbing up late in the game too and yeah. Craig Bradley to... Um, Affect a couple of great moments in the game that swung the result our way. Yeah. Um, and and here, when you mentioned Greg Williams, of course, there was that famous game where oh the Cooters game. The, yes, yes. And the, the the goal that that um, that Tony Evans rushed through for for yes. West Coast. It was awarded. <laughs> A goal off Diesel's boot. Do you remember that? <laughs> it's because he started celebrating. Yeah, it. No, and I, I not, love uh, it. Ha- having gone up to the goal up by <laughs> his and thanking Uncle Roy, I think it was, uh, yeah. for that great decision. Yeah. So there have been some magnificent, you know, contests between West Coast and Carlton, as you as you rightly say. Um, uh, again, the challenges this week of the G can can Carlton come back hard against an opponent that traditionally hasn't fared so well on the MCG. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they're informed, the, the Eagles too. They've uh, started to show some real signs um, back home. Uh, so it's going to be a tough contest, Tony. Are the players up to it? Let's hope we see a, um, a reversal in fortunes this week. 
can please Kennedy have a quiet one against <laughs> us because uh, it's always his moment to shine, I've noticed. Yes. He's buried us in the past. He has tended to make a habit of it too. Yeah. He's a hard man to dislike, I tell you. But, yeah. But uh, when he's wearing West Coast colours playing his old club, I tell you, yes. um, some dark thoughts go through my yes, mind. Yes, yes, yes. I share those with you. Um, so, uh, look, uh, that's at the MCG. It is. Um, and it's a Carlton home game, obviously, so yes. get on down. Um, Murphy's injury, let's talk about that. He's inter- injured his plantar fascia, which which sounds like a fern my mother would grow. What What is that? <laughs> um, look, I, well, I don't, you're probably asking the wrong person here, Tone, but uh, when it happened, he immediately pointed to the uh, what seemed to be the arch of his foot. Okay. So, I, you know, I, and again, I'm no expert on matters medical, but... Um, some of the worst injuries you see are, tend to be stress fractures that you know afford players horrific um, um, episodes and trying to get back. You know, yeah. and tend to put them out for a long period of time. From what I've heard from the medicos and, and Andrew McKay this week, they're holding out hope that it might only be a, a very short term. Um, 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 unavailability for Mark Murphy. Yeah. Um, scan's still to be confirmed, so we, we're still waiting on an outcome as we go to air. Um, you just hope that it's not, you know, as serious as um, uh, it could be. Um, Who comes in for Murph? Well, well, it's interesting, Tony, because the twos uh, probably should have won the game uh, in the finish. Uh, got rolled pretty late in the in the uh, in the game, um, but. Uh, Note with interest that uh, Jed Lamb and Kim LaBoyce both, both kicked three goals mm-hmm. uh, for the Northern Blues. Harry McKay booted two. Um, and I think Sam Rowe uh, again got through um, no problem at all on, on his return after the knee. And the other the other one, um, I think it should be noted, is Andrew Phillips. Now, Andrew Phillips, I think, was best to field for Carlton, the oh. Ruckman. Yeah. So you, it's nice that um, there are players... Uh, pushing for senior selection. Let, let's be honest. You know, we need we need yeah. pressure being applied for spots. So it'll be very interesting to see the makeup of the team this week. Maybe one, two, three players get the call up. Who knows? Um, but we have got players, uh, thankfully, knocking at the door that um, Coach Bolton could summon uh, for the West Coast game. Well, just speaking of injuries um, and those returning not to the senior squad but the VFL side. Uh, Alex Silvani, we um, we watch his progress with a lot of interest. Yes. Their team is crying out for his experience and leadership at the moment, I think. Um, Darcy Lang, tell us about Darcy Lang. Well, Darcy Lang's another one who's had a delayed start, you know, the Geelong recruit, um, who I, I think, you know, we, we all want to get a bit of a look at. Um, uh, hopefully he returns this week. And, uh, and I think, um, you know, from what I've gleaned from... Um, Brendan Bolton, in terms of players returning from injury, he has said, you know, want to see get, players get stability. So, in other words, yeah. get a game under their belt and then perhaps build on on that game and and get, you know, degree of match hardness so that when they when they eventually win the call up, they're in a position to um, string two, three, four, five, six games together that they don't suddenly get caught up and end up. Back in the uh, the Jew kickers, yeah. So so you would have to think that Darcy Lang, if he plays this week, will get a game, maybe two under the belt, and then hopefully 
um, press for senior selection all being well. What uh, what position would he play? Well, I think well, I think Darcy Lang's an on baller and um, just a, a player that we'll hopefully be able to use around the contest. Yeah. Um, uh, it was a player that probably didn't get a look in uh, at Geelong, given the abundance of riches around the footy. Um, but you'd like to think, you know, if he if he displays the uh, the wherewithal, um, he'll he'll definitely be. Um, Part of the uh, the engine room when when he uh, when he comes good injury wise, pressing so, for selection. Okay, yes. Well, we certainly want that to happen. Now, Tone, the West Coast game four thirty five at the MCG this Saturday. Yeah, twilight game, Tone. Yeah, and I think weather wise it's going to be okay. I think it's going to be twenty one, twenty two. Oh, nice. So it'll be nice, uh, nice, uh, uh, nice conditions for. F- for a good game of footy, let's hope the uh, the home team um, turns it on and, and, and comes back hard after the events of uh, Hobart um, last Saturday. Well, provided the um, yeah, the jet lag from the Hobart trip has uh, has worn off. Tone, uh, you well, course... I, I, they didn't come back on a kitty hawk, did they? No, no. You, you know all the, you know all about the uh... <laughs> you know all about. Well, you... The trip back from uh, Tasmania in fine style. You didn't do it in a Learjet. <laughs> yeah, we well, love yes. that story. Well, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't come back at anything less, Tony. You no. know that. Now, Tony, I was thinking of you this week because it was a great day for anyone who loves oh. this magnificent ground of Princess Park. And finally, common sense. <laughs> yes. Our taxes being used for good instead of evil. Yes. What did you make of that? The pledge to uh, make uh, Icon Park the... I guess the spiritual home of uh, women's football. Well said, Tony. When I heard the news come through, it was like a you know a, an hallelujah moment. Yeah. You know, and it was magnificent to hear that finally, you know, some funding is going to be allocated uh, to this great place uh, we all know and love. Um, you know, I, I think we've mentioned previously, Tony, that we, we saw what had happened down at the Junction Oval with, I think, a $40 million pledge to turn that into the home of cricket. Yeah. And what they actually did down there, they, they include some new facilities but also re, um, uh, refurbished the old. And, you know, I think the Blackie Ironmonger grandstand, not dissimilar to the Gardner, yeah. was brought back to its former glory. And, and the old with the new are just irresistible. And um, it's going to be a, a long-time home of, of Victorian football. Well, here, you know, it, it, it may well be, um, as they're saying, the hub of, of women's football. And I think what we're going to see also is perhaps a, a, a delightful smattering of old with the new. Yeah. The gardener stand is heritage listed. It cannot be demolished. It has to be Wonderful. maintained. Yep. So you would have to think that, um, you know, the grand old girl is going to get a facelift and uh, it's going to be magnificent to see the gardener stand in its former glory. Um, I am in contact with descendants of the great John Gardner and I look forward to that day when um, when refurbishments commence because I don't think there'll be anyone uh, more chuffed than, than they that um, the great Tiger Gardner, uh, his memory is to be perpetuated in that glorious stand that uh, is now upwards of 110, 111 years old um, and still stands proudly, albeit a little battered and bruised. But um, we're oh, going to see yeah. it return to its former glory. Like, like the club itself, Tone. Yes. Um, how... Uh, how extensive is this refit? Will it be the whole ground or is it just going to be parts of it? There's going to be new change rooms put in, I imagine. What, what is the scope of it well, as far as you know? Well, I, I don't know too much about the detail at this stage, Tony. I, I suppose that will be revealed in the fullness of time. But I suspect that there will, will be parts of the ground that will make way for new 
new facilities. Um, uh, I know that we're, the area we're, sta- we're sitting in now, um, the, the you know the busy park uh, redevelopment as it was now Icon Park was always considered uh, uh, plan A or phase A of the redevelopment. Yeah. I think phase B, um, uh, um, what am I trying to say, accounts for probably uh, the south western side. Yeah, there, there's my notes yeah. to say... Uh, the club intends to demolish facilities in the southwest corner of Icon Park to make way for additional elite facilities, yeah. including an education hub and an administration area to cater for the expansion growth of female football and the broader current football. Well, club. If, they, if they're heading southwest from where we are, yeah. that will eat into the Pratt stand. And I know that um, if you've ever watched football from the old One-Eyed Hill, you know, on the on what was the old Elliot stand now, the Hero stand side, yeah, um, you will you will see. Um, over the top of the of the Pratt stand, um, the city skyline, and 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 you know behind the the palm trees that run, flank that side of the ground. Yeah. So what we probably see is a really glorious vista open up there, looking straight through the city. We've actually seen it at the Witten Oval more recently. Uh, if you if you have a look at games that have been held there uh, through the summer, you get that glorious city skyline behind. And I think I, I mean I'm I'm this is my summation of it all, that the the AFL really wants to bring a community feel back to Australian rules football mm. at the at the at the elite end. And um and uh, it's just uh, it's just fabulous that uh, money is being poured into this place because uh, yes, while it's sad to see AFL games no longer played here, still love to see uh, the old Princess Park ground living and breathing and 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 you know swelling with spectators on match day, um, take it every day of the week, Tone. There can be no fonder memory for any uh, true Carlton supporter than uh, the sound of this place erupting in the Premiership quarter uh, in the glory days. My God, what a place to be. Do you have a favourite moment, Tone, of your time here? A buzzer's mark. Oh, you, you were yes, there Yes, I was that? at that game. The My first leg of the mark of the year goal of your double. Oh, incredible. My brother and I used to come in from Canterbury. We'd come in on the train, the tram up uh, Royal Parade, and just the noise, the atmosphere, absolutely uh, like nothing else. What yeah. about you, Tone? Yeah, look, you, you, you know, you think back to, I mean, I, I remember the uh, the Bradley goal, the Craig Bradley goal against West Coast, yeah. you know, here. Yeah. Goal of the year in 94, well, it should have been. Uh, in my opinion, it was the best goal that's ever kicked by a Carlton player here. Well, Carlton got gypped for either goal or mark of the year. Yeah, by what? some Collingwood hack named <laughs> Mick McGuad. And um, and also uh, on the on the wrong end of it, the the Malcolm Blight goal. Ah. You know, after the siren here in the mid seventies, I was here for that one. And uh, I reckon, as we speak, Tone, that torpedo punt is still it's still <laughs> in the air. It's still going. Yeah. Air traffic controller currently routing uh, yeah. aircraft around it. Yeah. So there great days, Tone. And I had the great privilege privilege to in another life of covering games of football from the old uh, press box. Um, no longer with us, of course, um, but that stood for 50 years um, from about 34 through to 86 when Ron Barassi cast the first ceremonial blow to bring it down. But um, I'm old enough to remember covering games of football for the old press box and um, 
there was no eve above the window tone and when the winter rains hit, the, it was like sleeting in the glass side off. I couldn't see what I was reporting and, well, that was the excuse well, I you, used for my, yeah. poor, my poor coverage of events. Yes, well, you, yeah, those articles wrote themselves back in the day. Tone, uh, Tony and Rolfo, that's all we have time for. Thank you, Tone. Lovely to be here. Um, so we look forward to seeing you all at uh, the MCG at 4.40 there-ish on uh, Saturday against West Coast. Get on down, support the team. Support the rebuild, keep the faith, stick fat with the Blues. They're the greatest team around. I'm Tony Moakley. We'll catch you next week for the Two Tones. Thank you to Lucy, our producer. Bye-bye.